Podcast Fresh. Now this is a story all about how a Cap and Chris just both sat down. So we'd like to take some time and chill out there. We'd like to talk a bit about the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Woo! All right, everybody, welcome back to the Podcast Fresh, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air review show. The one and only, the only one. It's that one show where we review the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. My name is Chris Torres, and that guy on the other side is Ryan Acapello Mello. I'm that guy on the other side. Are you Ryan Mello or are you Acapello uh, for this podcast? I need a new persona for the podcast. <laughs> Acapello is right. the music persona. Ryan Mello right, is the right, normal right. guy. It, two different gimmicks. I'm Pac-Man over here, aren't I? That's what you call me. <laughs> yes, Pac-Man. Pac-Man, Pac-Man Ryan Mello. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Um, it's been a while since we did do the last Fresh Prince show, so um, we are back still chugging along, still doing this thing. Um, but yeah, life got in the way. Other things got in the way. Yada, yada. Uh, Ryan, what says you, man? What have you been up to? I don't even know. I feel like, yeah, it's been a lot of a long time since the life. last one. But like, life. yeah, life has just been happening. And uh, life, yeah, we got a nice touch of snow this week. We got a well. In my case, I got a lot of snow this week. <laughs> yeah. So, Ryan, you live uh, an hour north of uh, Toronto, so you guys up in Barrie, yeah. where the uh, polar bears live, you guys get a little bit more, a lot more snow than uh, a city folk. Um, so you guys. You guys, uh, could, did, did people already have the snowblowers out? Uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah. It hit us. The thing is, like, it, it hit the first snowfall we got on Monday. It hit us so goddamn fast and, like, out of nowhere that you couldn't really prepare. Like, I went to the right. mall. I went to a, was it the mall? I went somewhere. And it wasn't snowing. I came <laughs> out and it was a blizzard. Right. And I'm like, what, what happened in the two hours that I was gone? But, um. Yeah. It's not like a crazy big difference because like I we snow we got snow on Monday and then by Tuesday it was down in your area. But it's kind of funny living in the north because like that happened to me. So I sent a warning to all my friends in like Vaughn and shit. I'm like, hey guys, That's just to amazing. let you know it's coming. And I've sent That's a video. Awesome. They're like, no way. And then sure enough, one of my buddies actually got his snow tires because of my warning. And then the snow came and he was like, Yo, thank you. And I was like, That's yeah. amazing. So that was, oh, that was hilarious. But yeah, no, just a lot of snow up here. But it's calmed down. It hasn't really snowed today at all, so it's fine. No time like the now, especially when you get those winter tires. I mean, usually we don't get snow this early, like November 13, 14, 15, but uh, it definitely happened. It's funny how you warned all your buddies. It kind of reminds me of, uh, have you seen Lord of the Rings? Mm, not, no. I'm not okay, so, I did, yeah. So there's, um, I forget what it is, but in one of the movies, there's they're like they're, one city is like trying to warn the other city. About like the impending bad guys are coming. Oh, okay. And so they climb on this giant tower, and uh, and you light this torch, and so the mm-hmm. torch is lit, and the fire signals to the that's other the city warning. of what's happening. Right. Yeah. So that's what that <laughs> that's what I did. <laughs> Jesus. I lit my torch up. Yeah, my car is rear wheel drive, which means only the back wheels uh, do most of the work. So. Uh, it can my car can do the old spinner room like if fun. I'm, yeah it is fun yeah. uh and i've been driving my car now for six years so like i get it like i i know how to drive it mm. but uh if i wanted to yeah i can spin the car around like a top uh, all to say that winter tires i for the first four years i didn't really use winter tires until that one winter two years ago we got so much snow that my car was just like <clears throat> i yeah. just got stuck like i was literally gliding and I got stuck next to the curb. Ridiculous, right? This, 
the however curb. many <laughs> heavy ass cars that I have. But nope, it was like right stuck yeah. to the curb. And now with the winters, it's like it's the first time in my life that I've really had winters. There, all my life, I've gotten away with all seasons or um, what's the other one? All weather. All weather is like the all one weather. up. Yeah, they yeah. say all weather is pretty good. That's the one that you should aim for. It performs like seventy five across everything, like rain, snow, oh, not bad. Ro- road kill, whatever. But the <laughs> all, but the <laughs> but the winters is really good. Um, but anyway, so I'll just say that. Uh, I got the winters on, and I kept my winters on from last year. I never took those oh, bitches off. Nah, I, I left them on. You know what? On. Actually, there was this debate recently at work where it's like, you should just buy winter tires. Like, just never take them off. Just keep replacing winter tires because it's actually Leave half the on. cost. Like, if you have Leave to get normal on. tires as well, it's like, that's double right. already. So, Well, not only that, but like, you have to find, and you have a nice garage, Pac-Man, but like, I'm sure you like the space in your garage. You don't want to give up space to like four fucking tires, right? You need to store these places. You yeah. and your wife both have a car that's eight tires you have to store, right? right. See that quick math, two times four? Jesus. But like, I don't know, man. Like to me, it's kind of like I kept my winter tires all year long and you'll read stuff on the internet like, uh, well, keeping them on is actually bad because uh, you actually consume more gas. Yeah. Dude, I haven't no- I've never noticed it. with my car and I drive a Dodge Charger if somebody wants to disagree you can tell me but it is true like you are putting wear and tear on your more expensive winter tires but you know what just like you said to me it's completely offset because I don't have to pay somebody to flip them around and do the flipperoonie and drive there drive you know what I mean it's like leave them on don't worry about it you know just leave me alone I'm playing the all seasons game right now because I I bought my car last year so I think my car can I think I'm okay with another winter but um, ah, let's hope so. Ah, well, you can't predict. What we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm good. Yeah, we'll see. We uh, I'm know. hoping I'm good. Whatever. That's tremendous. I think this is it. We just got a little bit of blast of uh, of snow, and hopefully that's it for now. Yeah, I think it just because it, it comes. Usually, the pattern in the past few years have been like it comes hard. Excuse <laughs> me. <laughs> And then it stops, and then it comes So what's you're getting a Metal Gear in there? The alert. No, that's like the game over. Yes. Anyways, enough snow talk. Yeah. Um. This week marks the dude the 17th year anniversary of the late great Eddie Guerrero's death, passing away, November 2005. Pac-Man, um, what are your memories of Eddie Guerrero? Like, if I said, just give me some memories. Like, what 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 sticks out to you about Eddie? Um, how much pro wrestling were you watching at the time? And, uh, yeah, just memories of Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. Uh, sadly, I got into wrestling after he passed already. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So it's not like I was there for him. Um, obviously, I've gone back, seen some matches. But not, when, I th- when you say that name to me, I think of... I think of a few things. I think of his entrances with the low rider. That's hands down one of the best entrances in his, in the history of wrestling. Like that is just so damn cool. Especially because I'm a fan of that like culture. Um, another one was that ridiculous ladder match with Ray over custody of Dom. <laughs> that is, oh, oh Jesus! I can. Is, have you watched that match? Oh in yeah, many times. Yeah, it's when when there's so much to talk about that match. Yeah, it's like you got to dissect it, but like. Just kind of, especially now, it's kind of cool because Dom is is a regular wrestler in WWE. <laughs> so it's like when you go back and watch it now, it's like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> like, and he, and Dominic still has that baby face. Yeah, <laughs> it's the same face. And now when he's starting to talk his shit, like, oh, I'm the next Eddie Guerrero. It's like, oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah, he's um, tremendous. 
So yeah, stuff like that. And he was just a crazy ass wrestler. Like, he was just really good. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously, looking back, like I, I got heavy into the Attitude Era. I loved when I loved how he just had the reputation of like, do I trust this guy or not? <laughs> it's like right. I, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> you know, that was his whole gimmick, and that's just that's a great gimmick to have because like it's it's a yeah. pretty it's a real ass thing. Like <laughs> you're just yeah. that sketchy dude. <laughs> so. Yeah, he did it great, man. I loved him. He was really cool. Amazing guy, and uh, his story is just incredible. I haven't read his book. His book came out, uh, I think it came out even after he might, after he passed away, I believe it came out. Oh, wow. But just an incredible guy. Uh, came from WCW. I mean, worked his way up, went through ECW, WCW, worked in Mexico, finally made it to WWE, um, where his, his personality and everything just really, really came out. And uh, just so... He was just so funny, so fun to watch. He 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 created the uh, the Eddie Guerrero thing where he would do he would like toss the belt to his opponent, and then just drop dead like and he's dead, yeah. make it look <laughs> like he's down. It was so so good. One of my favorite um, one of my favorite moments with him. You might have seen this one. Paul Heyman comes out and he demands an apology from Eddie Guerrero, and Eddie Guerrero he looks at the fans and he goes he goes okay Paul Heyman he goes from the bottom of my heart. I apologize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Paul Heyman's like, Eddie Guerrero, I accept your apology. And Eddie Guerrero's like, grabs the mic back and he goes, he goes, oh yeah, there's just one more thing, Paul Heyman. And Paul's like, what is it? And he goes, when I said that I was sorry, I lied. <laughs> <laughs> the crap was fucking crazy. <laughs> he was incredible. And there was one more. If This was shortly before he died. This might, I don't think this was his last appearance, but no, because his last appearance was a wrestling match. But maybe like a month before, or a couple SmackDowns before, he uh, he was um, they were gonna restart a program with him and uh, Batista. They were they had been like tag team champions. They had been buddies, and there was one where um, uh, in the ring, I think Eddie Guerrero asked for like a handshake or something, and Batista's like, "Come on, Eddie, best friends don't give handshakes. We hug." So he gives him that hug. I don't know if you've seen this clip. And the camera pans over to Eddie and he's hugging. But this is a big guy and he's yeah. like hugging his back. And that camera just shows Eddie's face and Eddie's like, like you don't like he's got that sneaky face, like, oh my god, he's gonna turn up Batista. <laughs> but just incredible. And me and Tiffany, your wife, um, my sister, we uh we got to so he dies in November. In August, we went to see SmackDown. And uh, we got to see Eddie Guerrero cutting a promo on top of a ladder. He's getting ready for a ladder match. And uh, the lights go off and The Undertaker came out. And that was one of those what-if programs. Imagine we had gone Eddie Guerrero versus Undertaker. Because apparently they had been doing that match on the house shows. Yeah. And um, apparently it was like a, like a curtain like a curtain sellout. And a curtain sellout is basically when by the back curtain... Like all the wrestlers would come and just stand by the curtain, like watching the match. Like it was that good. Like that's what they call like yeah. a curtain sellout. Yeah, all yeah. the boys were back there. That's dope. So uh, anyway, man, the late great uh, Eddie Guerrero. Have you seen uh, Black Panther two yet? I was supposed to go on Sunday, but for whatever reason, I didn't end up going. And no, no. <laughs> I, I was. I thought close. that's what you were gonna do on Saturday. I'm like, this guy's gonna go watch uh, Black Panther, right? Because you had the date night. So I'm like, uh, this guy's probably Sa- gonna go watch. Okay, Black that Panther. was it. Was Saturday, not Sunday. That was my date night, but uh, we ended up just staying in. So oh, uh, sometimes it's much better, right? Yeah, Especially if you get the lazy the bug. Yeah, I wasn't in the mood. So no, but I've you know I've heard the reviews. I've heard the polarizing. Uh, you know, there's a lot of takes. It could go different. <laughs> People either really like this or really don't like this. So. 
Yeah, know. I've heard some uh, extreme takes. Yeah. I think for the most part, it seems to be everybody. It's an enjoyable movie. Yeah. Um, but you're gonna have like the hardcores that are like, hey, what are they doing with this or what are they doing with that? And then of course you always have the people that are just uh, they're not with you know different characters being focused on. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know. We'll see. Um, definitely something that I want to check out. Uh, Black Panther two. I got spoiled on on the ending. Oh um, no! So I kind of know what happens. Oh no! Don't don't ruin it. I'm not, here, I'm but, not gonna uh, ruin but it. But did you like what you heard? I don't know. I feel like I need <laughs> to see it in action, but it's just a way of it's it's just a clever way to tiptoe around a, a big subject. I'll say that. Like oh, I'll, okay. I'll reveal it later when the movie's more around, but. Um, it's it's I'm still I think I need to see it in action because hearing it it's like okay fine but what the fuck <laughs> it's kind of random but okay maybe it works if I actually saw it but anyway. yeah no fair enough yeah yeah no that's cool um and what else Cristiano Ronaldo the interview you told me before we recorded that uh, you've seen part one yeah so I've seen like a majority of it um, yeah this guy is has a lot to say right now um, for yeah. anyone who doesn't know. If you follow soccer, I know we're not a soccer podcast, but we're, we're soccer fans. Um, Ronaldo is a soccer player in Manchester United. One of the will go down as like the best or one of the best in history for sure. Um, and whatever he used to play for Manchester United like 13 years ago, and he went back on I think what was purely a nostalgic move because that was when Ronaldo, to me, I think was when he was at his most exciting. Not dangerous, but exciting. Because right. he wasn't a striker at that point. He was a winger. A lot of people forget that. Um, and whatever. He went back and, you know, nothing has gone according to plan for him. Uh, management hasn't been on his side. Uh, players haven't been on his side. And a bunch of sketchiness has been happening. And, you know, he was there for the first season. The first season he went back and he scored 18. Or no, I think about 24 goals. I forget the number. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is pretty good, I guess. And then this season, you look at what he scored, and he scored about two goals. He's barely gotten any play time, and you know the the coach is like is making up excuses as to why he doesn't play him at all. And I've seen it. I've seen a couple games where like he'll get Ronaldo up to to warm up. He'll warm the guy up, and then just sit him back down, and Ronaldo <laughs> Ronaldo won't even play. It's like how are you doing that to him? Like that's just crazy to me. Um, then there was just a, a, a like a bunch of rumors about like oh you know the the coach's name is eric ten hag and uh you know they say that ten hag doesn't respect him and ten hag is is disrespecting him and embarrassing him on purpose and all this it's just this constant back and forth bullshit so ronaldo finally called for an interview to happen with piers morgan and uh so from what i've seen he's just saying like yeah look since i've been there like when i was there last and and me going back there now Nothing's changed, which is just disappointing because it's been 13 years and you would think there'd be like some kind of evolution in the club. But it's like it's just the same old shit. Um, No one cares over there. Manchester is seen as this giant club from the outside. But inside, it's like a very small mentality. Uh, A lot of other players that have come and gone have said this. I think Tevez said that. I, I think Ibrahimovic has said that. So it's like, damn. And so with this tell-all interview, he's basically saying like what he sees and what's been going on against him, and he straight up has said like that guy doesn't respect me, so he'll never, I'll never respect him. Like I don't wow. care what happens. Like I just yeah. don't respect the coach. I don't respect anybody there. 
uh, a lot of the players he, he doesn't care for. Like he's just coming out. The the Pierce Morgan asks him questions and he's just a hundred percent like honest. Like, yep, this is this is how it is. And um the rumor right now is that he's played his last match for Manchester, whenever the last one was, because come January he's kinda gone. So Yeah, we'll see. It's interesting. I saw at uh, Old Trafford there. Um, did you see this? Where they're already taking down his banner, like his. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's sad, man. I saw that. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting, man. I've always said that this whole FIFA thing, this is all just, it's run by just a bunch of powerful white guys in suits. You know what I mean? And they don't like it when people go outside of that bubble and start saying stuff like that. You know. Okay. So, um, do I agree with everything uh, that I've that I've heard uh, Ronaldo say? No, but. At the same time, a lot of that is in clip form, so I think it needs to be seen in its entirety in order to get the full uh, gist of the whole thing. But with the World Cup right around the corner, it'll be interesting to see what this does to spur him and what he what, we, what he might be able to do with uh, with Portugal. Maybe they maybe he goes on a one man run, puts the whole team on his back. But uh, yeah, there's just too much things that are happening against him, like. Everyone's saying that the old age thing, you know, that's that's creeping up on him. He can't perform like he used to. Um, that guy, Jordan Peterson, apparently is his psychiatrist or something or therapist. And he said that ever since Ronaldo lost his kid, uh, the twins that were supposed to be born, but one of them died, uh, he's been like depressed about it. Right. So that's been affecting him. So there's like so much crap going on. And yeah. yesterday was Portugal's first practice um, for the World Cup. And there's like footage of this. And Ronaldo got into it with uh, one of the guys. I feel like there's so much negativity around him right now that it's like, I hate to say it, but I don't think Portugal's going too far unless, unless like I'm just reading the whole situation wrong, which I could re- very well could be. I'm not physically there, but from what I've seen, it's like th- this one guy, this young guy that we have, he's, he's like a, he's a star in Manchester city. Like he's, he's one of the best over there. So now it's like Ronaldo goes up to him, grabs him by the head, shakes his head, and he gets pissed off. It's like, what the fuck is happening over there? It's like mm-hmm. another guy said a joke that Ronaldo said back, and, and it, apparently it was an inside joke, but it came off very like, whoa, there's like an issue there. Like, I don't know, man. There's just like a lot of drama wherever he's going right now. Yeah. And it might affect Portugal's performance in the World Cup. And I don't know, time will tell, but ugh, not looking too good. All right, we'll keep an eye on that. And uh, yeah, the World Cup is going to take up the next uh, month, month and a half. So uh, oh, yeah. we'll definitely have some more news as uh, we continue. When does the next part of uh, the interview come out? Uh, tomorrow. Awesome. That should be fun Thursday. to watch. Yeah. That should be fun to watch. Get on okay. YouTube. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Even better. Yeah. All right. And with that out of the way, let's get into the plugs. Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube are at Podcast Fresh. Twitter at Podcast Fresh DO. You can also send us an email at podcastfresh2020 at, uh, at gmail.com. Pac-Man, why don't you plug your music, man? Oh, yeah. Um, released a new song like two weeks ago. It's doing very well. It's called All In. Um, just go on Spotify, look up MC Acapello, and I'm there. And I actually have some SoundCloud-exclusive songs coming out um, for the next three weeks I'm trying to aim for. So the first one comes out on Friday, then next Friday will be another one. Next Friday will be another one. Um, yeah, I've just been going hand with the music. And the time that we've had off with the podcast, I really have focused my efforts on music more. Uh, and I don't know. I think I made some cool shit. So yeah, check it out. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Cool stuff. Cool stuff. Um, and I think that's it. Let's get into it. Let's get right back into the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. We were on uh, season five, episode five. This one's called Fresh Prince the Movie. 
and the original air date was October 10, 1994. Dude, I'm going to ask you again. Uh, do you remember watching this episode? I do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, just a wacky one, so we'll get into it. It starts off with uh, Will Carlton and Jazz are playing poker together. And, uh, of course... Jazz being the uh, the exceptional you know gambler, only second to maybe Jeffrey, uh, starts cleaning up. He wins eight pots in a row. Starts getting a little heat here. Will calls him a cheater, and uh, Jazz says that the only time he concentrates is when he's playing poker. So, one of the few things that he really really excels at <laughs> is the poker, and he says that according to Carlton, he's won about thirteen thousand bucks. Jazz says that well, fourteen thousand if Will didn't leave to go to Philly. So. Uh, I kind of like that uh, that we're we're still playing off the that little ending there at season four where Will goes to Philadelphia and then ends up coming back in uh, in the season opener. So it's a nice little callback there. Uh, Will says that uh, well, he wasn't there in Philly the whole time; he was in <laughs> Alabama, and this time it points to Carlton. Will looks at Carlton. And Carlton nods his head. So <laughs> Carlton's so full of shit. He does that head nod like you couldn't believe it. He'd be like the worst person. But he does it in a way that establishes two things. Number one, that he is full of shit, which we knew he would be. But number two, that he's going to go along with whatever Will says. Yeah. And Will looks dead ass at Jazz and says, I witnessed a murder. <laughs> and we go to the credits. Um, What do you got to say about that, Pack? At first, I didn't know that... This was about to be just a crock full of crap. <laughs> because I was like, okay, cool. Like, maybe we're going to get some really cool, like, side story with Will uh, between the time that he was in Philly and, and came back or whatever. Um, well, whatever. I should have saw this coming. I kind of had a similar thought. I thought, okay, either this episode is going to go to, like, complete Mars. Yeah. And that's fine. Or it's just going to be like completely ridiculous, but actually take place in the real world. Right. And I think what we get is a, a little combination of both. Right. Yeah, for sure. After the credits, Jazz questions the story. Like this guy's like, oh man, it's like he want he can't get more. He can't get. He can't wait to hear more about this story. Carlton can't give him any more information. Carlton's trying to add to the story, saying that uh, they've been sworn not to talk about it. <laughs> you know, Agent Morris swore us to secrecy. And uh, eventually they do get into the story. It all started on a hot August day in Philly. So now we pan back to Philadelphia. So we're, dude, we're back in Philly. Yeah. Get the set ready. <laughs> um, Will says that he was at the Dukes with Lakeisha, the sister of brotherly love's finest sister. And they're kind of kissing there. And uh, Lakeisha asks if she's a better cook than his mom. And Will says, well, my mom cooks with her clothes on. So you get that a little there. <laughs> nice little pop from the crowd. Um, she leaves and then a big guy comes in dressed like a typical hitman. He's kind of got the uh, the suit and uh, just a big goofball. He's seven feet tall and uh, he just kind of brushes by Will and he leaves. And at this point, the mailman comes in and he witnesses it as well. And uh, they go to the Duke's office, who's the uh, the owner of the joint, and he's dead. But it's so cartoonish the way he's dead. He's just kind of just, they spin him around in a swivel chair and he's kind of just standing there like a like a Goomba. <laughs> but we have our establishing story here. Um, anything to add here, Pac-Man, with respect to the reveal of the hitman for the first time? Yeah, so if like, if, if you're, if you're kind of following this and it's like, is this a real story? Because if it's a real story, the fact that there's a hitman is like, oh, okay, this is some heavy stuff. This is some action movie shit. This is cool. Um, 
but knowing how this show goes like at this point i know it's not real and I, i'm honestly just along for the ride at this point where it's like okay plus the hitman is the brother of ray romano and everybody loves ray yeah brad garrett brad garrett so it's like six foot nine cool like i like that guy so let's go <laughs> this motherfucker is six foot nine i know bro he's huge that is insane <laughs> yeah that is insane so you know, so so boss is dead, and so that is going to be the sort of nucleus of the the whole story. And so now we go to a quick scene here at the police station, and I feel like we've used this police station before. It looked very familiar. It did, yeah. And uh, you know, they got all the guys, um, all the guys come out to sort of stand in front of the glass while. Uh, while they're trying to figure out who did it. So they got that one-way glass. And obviously, Will Finger's the most obvious guy. So you have Brad Garrett, this six-foot-nine hitman guy. And all the other guys standing there are, like, just shorter dudes. They look nothing like him. And so that Brad Garrett just makes it very easy to pick him. The prosecutor's happy because uh, he tells Will that they've been trying to get this guy for a while. Will starts being an idiot in front of the one-way glass. He kind of starts, like talking funny and dancing in front of the glass and all of a sudden the hitman smashes through the glass almost like you would see in like a halloween movie yeah and just starts choking will out the prosecutor comes back into the room but he's like staring at like a chart or something he's not really looking and he's taking his time and he's taking his time he's taking his time and he finally looks up as will is released from this chokehold and the prosecutor tells will he saw you and Will says, you think? <laughs> so uh, not good. Um, I liked this scene in the in the police station. I thought it was kind of funny, actually. I liked I liked the uh, the fact that they brought all these short guys and they bring in big Brad Garrett and it's obviously him. And then I also liked the, uh, just like, just Will being an idiot in front of the one-way glass and the glass breaking and him getting choked out. It kind of, um, it was funny. It kind of just reminded me of like the older seasons. It was funny, but like I also like the fact that that happened because this guy looks intimidating, but now we know he's actually capable of doing something to Will. Like, he, yeah, that was just some crazy ass shit. So, yeah, no, really good representation of a hitman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we uh, we fast forward to Alabama, where now the uh, the the cop that was with Will the entire time, he's kind of given them their. Uh, He's giving Will his new alias. Will will now be known as Floyd Palmer. <laughs> and uh, Will says, uh, "How come you couldn't be? Uh, how come you couldn't give me a cool name like uh, Malkma Akbar Mustafa?" And uh, the cop says, "Because it was taken." So uh, Will's complaining already. He needs to get back to the city. And the cop tells him, "Well, the nearest town is Hatred, Missouri. I can check if there's dancing." So. I like that uh, we're in a completely new setting here. They've done a good job to just create this sort of Alabama feel to it. It kind of looks like just kind of like a like a typical like trailer park that you would imagine, right? Just really dusty and just everybody's kind of hanging out, just looking at Will. This, this new guy's kind of showing up. Do you remember watching this episode? I do, yeah. Um, I just remember the premise of the Hitman and the fact that it's Brett Garrett and it's interesting that this is the kind of situation that Will gets himself into. It almost makes me wish that uh, it was a real story. Like, it's not like it's obviously <laughs> being fabricated by Will, but it's like if this actually happened, this could have evolved 
the characters to a, to heights we've never seen because I like I don't want to spoil it, but then eventually his family gets involved in this, and it's yeah. like holy shit, this whole thing is happening. It's so cool, really fun episode. It's a wacky one, yeah, but uh, so far it's pretty good. Where sometimes it goes into Mars, but they 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 miss the point, like they get too far away from the source material, so to speak. Yeah, it's an orbit. Next scene, Will is in his new digs. It's late at night. He's sleeping on a couch. And uh, all of a sudden, hands start trying to get to him. And uh, nice little scene there. We cut back to the poker game. So now we're back in present time. Carlton wins a round of poker and he grabs all the chips. Pan over to Jazz. Jazz is just all in on this story. He's like, what? He goes, I bet it was the killer, right? (laughs) We go back to Alabama. And this time it's Uncle Phil's there. He's in overalls. <laughs> so Uncle Phil is now involved in this because uh, we're going to find out. Phil cuts the promo on Will. He says that now Phil is part of the witness protection program too and that Phil needs to use the bathroom. And Will tells him that it's the door outside and then Will gives him a stick. He goes, what's this for? And Will's like, oh, I thought I saw something moving out there. <laughs> um, I love the look of Phil in overalls. He looks like it could have been part of like the Godwins uh, WWF tag team, dude. I just thought of uh, his origins of Yamacra, like, right? You know, like this is probably what he wore. <laughs> so yeah. I kind of almost wish that there was a reference to that, but I can excuse it for the fact that this is just being made up on the go because <laughs> Will's yeah. trying to win money at a poker game. I immediately thought of uh, of the Yamacra stuff when I saw Phil in the overalls, mm-hmm. but you're right; they make no mention of it. Yeah. Outside the trailer, now he's joined by Aunt Viv and Carlton. And uh, Carlton Banks is, uh, he's going to be known as Little Seek from Cabin Creek. (laughs) So stupid. Back to the poker game, Jazz says that Carlton and his family got a free vacation on the garments tip. And then at this point, Carlton produces a royal flush, which is ridiculous. That's one of the... I think that's the rarest hand you can get in, in poker. poker. Yeah, I think so. So all of a sudden, Carlton just pulls a royal flush out of nowhere. Jazz says, damn, you win again. Something <laughs> must be affecting my concentration. Go on, Will. Back to Alabama. Big Zeke and Will are outside. Will says that uh, this time Zeke's uh, he's, he's chilled out now. Will says that uh, he feels like he did the right thing and that he wanted, he didn't want to get, let the killer get away. And uh, Phil understands. And he tells him that he starts the new job at the manure plant tomorrow. And then this weirdo in overall sits next to Will and he goes, I hear you like to go dancing. (laughs) (laughs) This is awesome. It's just kind of like the creepy like Hicktown next door. You know what I mean? One hour away. Yeah. Where everybody just hangs out at the gas station judging you like, ah, look at this city boy. Right. (laughs) But uh, or is that just my life? I don't know. Maybe Um, we go back to poker and Jazz says, there's one thing I can't follow. And Will's like, one thing. (laughs) (laughs) That was the best line, dude. (laughs) So at this point, there's just... Jazz is all in, so you could have just fucking made up anything at this point. Will tease it to Carlton, who leaves to get a fresh deck of cards. So (laughs) Carlton doesn't want to continue the story. So Will continues it instead. We're back in in the Banks Mansion this time, and it's the kitchen. And we see that now the hitman has made his way to the bank's house because he's trying to follow the scent. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Hillary's written a letter with her forwarding address to send her fashion catalogs to. So he uncrumples the piece of paper and he sees he sees, uh, he sees sees the address. And then he sees a picture frame with Will's face on it. 
And then we get a ridiculous like uh, close up of the hitman's eyes, but he's got Will in his eyeballs. Yeah. <laughs> They've done that trope before, but it was just kind of funny to see it here. <laughs> There's just something really funny about Brad Garrett's facial expressions. He he just looks like a naturally funny guy. Yeah, like he could just tell you a story about him going to the DMV to like uh, get his uh, license stickers uh, updated, but it's just funny. It's like his voice and just like everything else. I'm not a big like everybody loves Raymond fan, but when I would watch, no, me neither. Yeah, um, he was easily like the best part. Like he was the standout part to me. Oh yeah, he was literally like that show was all around dumb comedy, whatever. But he literally was like he brought that comedy to just the next level to a point where it's like. Anyone watching, a casual person just standing there, would find humor in what he does, right? Yeah. We go back to the poker game, and Will gets a phone call. Uh, Excuse me, Jazz gets a phone call. It's Jewel, and Jazz has to go. So this guy wants to leave, but they have him hook, line, and sinker, and they're winning all these chips back from Jazz. Yeah. So they're like, please don't go. Don't miss (laughs) the best part, Carlton tells him. Um, and Will and Jess at the same time say the bear and Carlton says deuces are wild so we cut back outside Alabama and this set reminds me of uh, we've used this one before too where the boys go camping remember that episode where Carlton, Phil and Will yeah yeah they have to make a fire and survive out there so they're out there and dude this surprised me a real ass fucking bear comes out (laughs) Yep. A bear. <laughs> I was not expecting that. What the fuck? So the bear, the bear comes out. Will's just freaking out. He's being like a total gimmick. And um, then a woman in overalls comes out and shoots the bear away. She even like calls the bear by its name. I forget what it was. Teddy or whatever. Oh, yeah, that's right. And yeah. she goes, you scoo, Teddy, the bear. And uh, Will thanks her. And uh, she gives him the hard eyes. She likes him. And uh, this is a great line. She goes, you ever been with a big woman? And Will says, I was in the Statue of Liberty once. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> God. That's the kind of shit that does not hold up. <laughs> I was in the Statue of Liberty. That's tremendous. <laughs> We're back to the poker game. And this is nice because they kind of like get to like juxtapose like what the fuck you're talking about. But in this setting, even though it's all fugazi. And Will says, I almost forgot about Bertha. So Bertha's her name. Mm. And um, it's typical that uh, it's typical that uh, Carlton would make this part up. Right? Yeah. Because when Carlton tells a story, it's like, <laughs> of course, it's ha-ha because like, the chubby chick likes Will, right? Yeah. I, like that's that's the funny part. And of course, you know, so Will's got to like, now he's got to change the story to put himself over. You know what I mean? Exactly. I like that though, because it's still, they still find a way to jab each other. <laughs> yeah. Like, wow. So now in the poker game, Will's looking at Carlton like, I almost forgot about Bertha. Mm-hmm. And Carlton's like, how could you forget? You almost married her. <laughs> <laughs> so this is just getting stupid. And Jazz is like, this is getting complicated. Let's go back to Alabama. <laughs> they're sitting down to have some dinner outside. So they're all there. Will, Phil, everybody. They're having some fresh roadkill. And uh, Vivian's learned a new skill. She can now crush a can in her forehead, which nice. I liked. I liked that little part there. It, uh, it gave uh, it gave the Viv character a little uh, a little spice, a little cal- color, so to speak. Yeah, she learned something with her <laughs> while while she was there. Will raises a toast to family, Vin Diesel style. Oh yeah. Uh, cue the music. 
All of a sudden, a gang of overall wearing rednecks, they come in, and they went to get a will for impregnating Bertha. <laughs> this is where it just gets so wild. This is now like, yeah. Phil talks the father of Bertha down, and Will asks to wait for his mom to come back. So basically, like, these rednecks, they want Will to marry this girl because he's impregnated her. And uh, Will's trying to talk the father down, and so he agrees. He uh, he agrees, and Will's like, you know what? Why don't we wait for my mom to come back? So Bertha's dad agrees but says that tonight's the engagement party. And they, and they all shoot their shotguns in the air, which is really funny. Um Bertha's dad has a poster and tells Will that there's been a big fella asking about him. So we're doing a little foreshadow there. I got to be honest. I really like the uh, juxtaposition of the Brad Garrett character because he's kind of spooky in this episode in the sense that he's all you never know when he's going to turn up. Right. Yeah. And you juxtapose that against this Alabama set and all these people that are there and it's kind of like there's going to be like a celebration, but in the background, you know that there's like imminent danger. Yeah. Like he, he, he doesn't fit there. It's like just setting alone, but it's also like they're supposed to be in witness protection. And this guy somehow found a way to still get to them. So it's like, oh shit. That's got to be nerve wracking. That's crazy. Yeah. Later on in Alabama, everyone's dancing around, including Will and Bertha. And then Will makes a plan. And he says, when I give the signal, you all come out. So everybody hides. <laughs> and Will <laughs> Will waits for the killer by himself. And uh, they've done this trope again, but uh, or before, but they play the good, bad, the bad, and the ugly. There's yeah. literally nobody there. They do a nice little shot of like, there's nothing there. It's just Will waiting. And it is a little bit like suspenseful, right? Because you don't know when this motherfucker is going to show up. Oh, yeah, definitely. If I were you, I would run. If you were me, you'd be good looking. <laughs> you know, usually I try to detach myself from my work. But I'm going to enjoy squeezing the life out of you. I'm really going to enjoy squeezing the life out of you. <laughs> you know why I'm not scared of you? Because I got something that you don't have. Family. What are you talking about? I got a sister in New Jersey. <laughs> I'm talking about family! <laughs> family! <laughs> I, I mean, fa family? <coughs> it was obvious the McCoys didn't know when to say when. <laughs> say, my man, you mind if I run inside and put on a big pot of coffee? And he does. The hate man shows up and he stands right in front of Will and they do a face off. And Will says to him, you know what I got that you don't have? Family. <laughs> and the hitman goes, what do you mean? I got a sister in New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. I said... You know what? You don't have family. So that's the signal, right? For these rednecks to come up with their shotguns. Yeah. And Will says, I said family. And then we do a cut and family's all fucking passed out, drunk, bottles tipped over. They're all fucking fagazied out. Oh, yeah. uh, so the family's not coming. 
Anything mm. to add here, Pac-Man? No, I'm just along for the ride. Like, it's so goddamn good. Like, yeah. I, I typically don't like these fabricated, like, you know, uh, stories by Will and Carlton and, like, right. their, their antics and shit to get out of stuff. But it's like, this one is so fresh that it's so welcoming. It's like, oh, this is a nice change of pace. Like, there's really no other episode like it. Up until this it's point, it's wacky. At least. Yeah, like we've had episodes where like it goes deep into space. Yeah, and we enjoy like it's it's funny. We have a lot of stuff to talk about, but sometimes it goes too far into space, and you're like, okay, let's rein it in. Correct. Yeah. This one goes into space, but like I said, it just stays true to the source material. It's it's and it and it, it kind of works for the most part, I think. Right. We go back to the poker game, and Jazz says, "How'd you get away?" Will says, "Ante up, and I'll tell you." <laughs> Jazz says, "I'm out of money." And Will's like, whoop, I'm out of story. Oh, and Jazz shit. says, wait, that part about the bear wasn't true. <laughs> that's the one That's, <laughs> that's the, the one part of the whole story. The, <laughs> <laughs> the most believable part that you would see a bear in the woods. No, that's the most unbelievable part to Jazz. There's no bear there. Carlton comes in and he goes, none of it was. None of it was true. You got hustled. And Will's laughing his ass up. He goes, yeah, yeah. Why don't you come over for some poker tomorrow night? And I'll tell you about Car- Carlton and the aliens. <laughs> Jazz calls them liars. And he leaves to go back to his wife. I kind of feel bad for Jazzy Jeff there because he kind of got did. But uh, it's nothing that Jazz wouldn't do to the boys either. So exactly. fair play. Exactly. Will and Carlton celebrate. Uh, Carlton says, oh, man, it's 9 o'clock. I got to get to bed. At this point, we cut to... Will is sleeping on the pull-out couch when there's banging on the door. So we're still in present time. Yeah. There's banging on the door. So Will wakes up to go see who it is. So he gets up there. It's the hitman. Will screams. Ah. The hitman removes his mask and it's Jazz. And Jazz laughs. He goes, that'll teach him to play with me. Ha ha ha. The end. Yeah. Okay. Before I tell you what I thought about that ending, what did you think about the ending specifically? Yeah, it was just a cheap cop out kind of ending to me. Uh, it's it it oh it just doesn't make sense if you really think it about it. It doesn't make sense. It makes no damn sense because how did Jazz know what this guy looked like to a T? Like, okay, he got this costume and shit, but he looks exactly like yeah. Brad Garrett. So it's like, but Jazz Hat would never know that. So like, he could have like literally just. It would have made more sense if they got like a, a ski mask or something, like a, whatever, some other thing. If they had to go down this route, but at the same time, it's like this is such a cheap way to end the episode. Where it's like you guys really couldn't think of anything better, huh? Like, wow. But you know what, Pac? That to me proved that this episode is not really canon. Well, unless it is canon, but but the ending is the part that like just forget the ending because it doesn't really make sense. Or look over the logic because how would Jazz know? What the hitman looks like, right? Yeah, but at that point, it's like, forget the whole episode then, because the whole episode was a lie, and if the end isn't canon, then none of this can happen. <laughs> so, 
Right. I don't know. So you think we'll get a reference to it again at some point? Uh, no. Nah. Okay. This is like filler to the T because nothing, nothing really happened here. Like it was just, it was just Will and the guys talking, like playing poker and and telling a story. And at the end of it one guy it's like when me and you hang out and then like we'll talk about some dumb shit that happened and then at the end of it we'll start poking fun at the serious dumb shit that we were talking about this is kind of the same thing where it's like let's bring it back and like use it as a joke now or something literally the same thing so no i I think it's canon i i I think because at the end of the day this was just a a made-up story that they were telling in real time uh it's just the way they handled the the ending was purely on their part uh, wasn't thought well thought out. Like it just, it was cheap to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, no, I gotcha. Yeah, the ending, I was scratching my head, like, wait, what? I mean, I get it, haha, but what? Right. Yeah. Um, kind of remind me of the one where, <laughs> where Phil tells Will that uh, at one point when he doesn't know it, he'll think of his punishment and he'll get him back. And then it fast forwards to, uh, to to Phil reading a book in like medieval, like torture strategies oh, yeah. or whatever and he goes aha you know, just something like that like, yeah, completely exactly. off the wall right yeah this is the typical like and we saw this a lot in like 90s sitcoms or like TV shows like they would do like the Halloween episode that was completely wacky and it made no sense to anything else with the Fresh Prince it's different because they do the wacky episodes more often not just like once a year like they'll they'll do these episodes where it goes up into space right yeah the other one I can remember would be uh the one where um, where he goes to the graveyard because all those people like died. One the one kid oh, got run over by a car yeah, and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, just a wacky episode like that. But yeah, aside from the ending, I thought uh, everything else kind of worked. Um, anything to add on the ending pack, or is that it? No, that's it. Let's get into Brad Garrett. He was born in 1960, standing at six foot nine. This guy could have been in the WWE. Yeah. Uh, Garrett grew up in Woodland Hills outside of Los Angeles. His father was a hearing aid specialist working in, at geriatrics, and his mother was a housewife. Uh, Garrett spent a whopping six weeks at UCLA before uh, going into stand-up comedy full-time. He began performing his acts at various Los Angeles comedy clubs, getting his start at the Ice House in Pasadena and the Improv in Hollywood. In 1984, he became the first 100,000 grand champion winner in the comedy category of Star Search. This led to his first appearance on the Johnny Car- on the Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson, making him one of the youngest comedians ever to perform on the show. That's incredible. Wow. In 86, Garrett told a joke that the talent booker warned him against, and he hasn't been on the show since. Following his Tonight Show appearance, Garrett's career took off, garnering him headlining gigs at several national venues, as well as opening spots for legends, including Diana Ross and Liza Minnelli. He has headlined at, ba- at Bally's Park Pal- Place, and uh, co-headlined with The Temptations at Trump Plaza. He's also worked at the Sands Hotel in Las Vegas with Frank Sinatra, Caesars Palace with David Copperfield and Smokey Robinson, Harrow's with Sammy Davis Jr. and the Beach Boys, and Radio City Music Hall with Julio Iglesias. Dude, that's a, that, it's a lot of uh, fucking a- A-listers right there and, and, and at a young age, too. Yeah. In 89, the Las Vegas Review-Journal named him the best comedian working on the strip. Changing gears, he made his way into the world of television. He struck gold with Everybody Loves Raymond. Apart from his supporting roles in sitcoms, he's also done voiceovers and appeared in a few films. In 1998, Garrett made a real-life proposal to his then-girlfriend Jill Divin on the set of Everybody Loves Raymond. Garrett currently resides in Hollywood, California with his two Labrador Retrievers, Gus and Mabel. 
He is a three-time Emmy winner for Best Supporting Actor 3, 04, and, uh, and 05. Um, yeah, I'm not a huge uh, Everybody Loves Raymond guy, but, uh, I mean, how can you... He's just so iconic in that show for his size and his voice and everything else, and uh, just kind of for being a, like a big softy almost, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Rusty Schwimmer, she played uh, Bertha... Rusty was raised in Chicago, where she grew up a fan of theater music and the Chicago Cubs, Chicago Bears, and the Chicago Bulls. In her formative years, she endeavored to be a singer, but quickly found her way to acting and was soon uh, drawn from the world of theater in Chicago to the land of opportunity in Las Vegas. Uh, she's uh, best known for Candyman on, TV, on uh, the movies Ed TV, Twister, and uh, she does a voice in uh, Tony Hawk's Project 8. I've never played that game, Pac-Man, but... She does the voice of Pat the Realtor, whoever that is. <laughs> She's also been in. Uh, you know who that is? No, just that. That was a uh, that game was the last one I played before I just gave up on the whole series. I was like, <laughs> this is trash. Bro. That's tremendous. Yeah. Uh, She's also been on uh, Boston Legal. Oh, excuse me. Recently, she's she's got tons of credit. She's still working heavy today. Uh, she's been in Boston Legal, CSI, uh, Mr. Mercedes, Better Call Sal. And uh, Chicago Fire, so good for her. I liked her as Bertha. She was good, yeah, definitely. Uh, some continuity stuff. When the Hicks, <clears throat> when the Hick, when the Hicks sits down on the log next to Will and says, "I hear you like to dance," a short clip of dueling banjos is played. That song is written for the film Deliverance, about a less than comfortable stay in the South. In another reference to the 1972 movie, in this episode, Will and the family are relocated to Deliverance, Alabama. Mm-hmm. So yeah, not the there's there's been a few of those movies like Children of the Corn. Have you ever seen Children of the Corn? No. Just stuff like that, like shit that happens in like small towns or small farming villages. Um but yeah, there you go. Um when Will and the Hitman are having their showdown, the music uh to the theme from the Clint Eastwood classic Western The Good, the Bad and the Ugly. Yep, not the first time, right? We've had that plenty of times. No, yeah, for sure. Um one of the times I remember was um, remember when Will and Carlton went face to face with the, uh, the the price clickers when they were both working together at the Peacock. Oh yeah, and yeah, Carlton yeah. was his manager. Yeah, that was uh... <laughs> <laughs> so random. Uh, this was kind of cool. I had no idea. The rhythm of uh, beatboxing that Will does in the precinct is the same exact sound he does the beatboxing to in the in the mail room in Men in Black 2. All right, people, we have a breach. Farrell cordon off this area. Billings, I'll have a full perimeter wipe down right here, right now. Okay. Farrell, get him off and escort all non-essential civilian personnel from this side immediately. Yes, sir. Listen to yourself, Kay. Who talks like that? So a nice little connection there. I've never seen Black, uh, Men in Black 2. I've only seen the first one. So yeah, I wouldn't know about the second one. Yeah, me too. Wasn't a fan of those movies, to be honest. Dang. Um, James A. This one was crazy. 
James Avery and Brad Garrett were respectively the voices of the Junkyard Dog and Hulk Hogan from 1985's Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling, though they did not share a scene in this episode. That is wild. I did not know tell James me, Avery. Tell me was, what that is. So Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling was a cartoon from the 80s. This was when like WWE was like at its hottest, like it had broken mainstream. Like everybody knew WWE. Your parents okay. probably knew WWE. Yeah. Like if I tell your dad to name like some wrestling guys, he'd probably name like Hulk Hogan, maybe a Randy Savage. You know what I mean? Like all the the guy with the snake. He'd be able to describe yeah, him, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. That guy yeah. with the two by four. Like all these guys are just like. That because... was his favorite one because he's a carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> I can just see your dad. If it was me, I would go with a different two way. Like he, he's judging the two way for you. Know? <laughs> I would have sanded that down. You know? <laughs> right. That's hilarious. I would have put a glaze on it to finish protect it from the water. Yeah. <laughs> in another life, your dad uh, he reviews. Uh, never mind. He reviews that like, carpentry gimmicks <laughs> that like pro wrestlers do. <laughs> Him and your uncle. And your your uncle just goes ham about your Gran Turismo uncle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gran Turismo, bro. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was crazy. That blew my mind. Of course, James Avery. We do know that uh, huge, huge uh, voiceover uh, talent. Uh, most notably for I guess Shredder. the Shredder. Yeah, right. Shredder. Pack. That would be the the best probably role. Shredder. Yeah. Right. But just uh, just wild. Um, we got some goofaroonies here. When Will runs to the back of the to check on Duke, this is the beginning when he's in Philly. The man sitting on the chair is old with white hair, and he has his chef's hat on. A few seconds later, the man in the chair now has black hair, and when he appears to, and he appears to be the man who originally played Duke in the previous season. That's crazy. I did not notice that. Wow, what the hell? That, that seems like something hard to miss. <laughs> I'm surprised yeah. I missed it. I th- it was just so quick, I think, that like a blink and you miss it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, but, it could be. Yeah. Uh, funny zinger line. There are a couple lines that I liked here. Um, of course, the one where Will says, you know what I got that you don't have? He's trying to give the signal. Family. And he gives a signal. And the hitman's like, what do you mean? I got a sister in New Jersey. I just thought that was really funny. Uh, and again, just ma- it makes the hitman a little bit endearing, you know? Yeah, for sure. But the winner, because it's so ridiculous, uh, when Bertha says, you ever been with a big woman? <laughs> and Will's like, I was in the Statue of Liberty once. <laughs> oh, just, uh, oh man, just a, a spicy meatball. You can take that line however you want, but I thought that was kind of clever. <clears throat> For sure, yeah. That's awesome. Pac-Man, give us your score. Let us know what you thought about this uh, fucking wacky episode as I remove my NASA space helmet after coming back from Mars. Yeah, let's land. <laughs> uh, no, I, you know what? As far as wacky episodes go, this is definitely one of the better ones. This is definitely one that's like, as wacky as it is, it's also being made up on the spot by Will and Carlton to jazz. So it, it's like you can forgive it for any shortcomings. Um, yeah, because it's supposed to be a bullshit story. Yeah, it's like you could... Made up on the fly. So you like could start any... poking holes in it, but it's exactly, fine because that exactly would happen, I mean. right? Yeah. Um, so it's cool. Besides the ending, I think the, the the episode was really funny and it was really interesting. Kept me hooked. Kept me like just wondering where where this thing was going because, like, it obviously is scripted, but again, it's being told as if it's not. So it's just cool. Um, Brad Garrett in the show definitely makes it that much better because I am a fan of his. I think he's a really funny individual, and 
I really got nothing bad to say except the ending. The ending was just kind of rushed and, and just not well thought out. So I'll give it an 8 out of 10. Uh, easily one of the better ones in uh, season 5. Yeah, the ending kind of just exposes the whole thing as hee-hee-ha-ha, and it kind of doesn't make sense. Yeah. But like you said, the whole story is made up by Will and Carlton, so you can poke holes into anything. Mm. But the ending is supposed to be like back in the real world. It's supposed you know to make what sense I mean? now. <laughs> right, and it doesn't. So that's kind of like, eh, but that's okay. It's forgivable. I thought it was. I thought it had its good. I thought it had its good moments. Like two or three good lines here and there. It wasn't like ridiculously funny, but I enjoyed it for even that little scene where, like, well, they're all dancing and you know, Will and Bertha do the little merry-go-round thing with the arms. Like, it's so cool. Yeah. And I also like the. Um, I also like Bertha's dad. There was also something endearing about his character. You know, like, uh, but it's cool. Like, you're right. Like, in an alternate universe, it'd be nice to have like. Just like a one season spinoff of like Will and the family living in Alabama, just like you know what I'm saying. Just Some like the, weird, the like, you know, just like <laughs> alternate. Yeah, take. yeah, exactly. Although it would be funny to see what kind of baby uh, Bertha and Will uh, had. Oh god! <laughs> and the fact that there was a bear, like that was that was cool. It was surprising. I did not think they cool. would use a bear, but uh, yeah. I don't think you'd use a bear today. But because everybody's like you know more protective of the animals and things like that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But in those days, like you'd see all kinds of shit being used, right? But there you go. I'm gonna match you, pack. I'm gonna give it uh, an eight out of ten as well. I will. I will say this. This is definitely one of those episodes that yeah, we can talk about it and like describe everything, but it's funnier and better if you actually watch what's happening because there's a lot of physical things that you need to see like the hitman you know crashing his hands through the glass to choke will out or the will dancing yeah. with bertha or whatever it is like it's just better to actually get the visual because it's just one of those ones that like you got to see it to believe it like all this shit we're yeah. talking about is kind of crazy <laughs> so yeah it's uh no but it's definitely a good episode so two eight out of two eight out of tens and that should speak for itself that's it yeah yeah just really good everybody was cast perfectly including the uh i hear you like to dance you know yeah. oh, <laughs> just guy. like the set the set was it was just really really good yeah. even the scene of like uh will sleeping there and like the hands coming quietly to choke him like there's a cool sense of dread about yeah. the whole thing that like when's the boogeyman coming because eventually you're gonna see him yes the best halloween movies are the ones where not where michael's in every scene but where Michael isn't there and you're like, okay, where is where he? Is you know he? It's I mean? been a while. To me, those are the best Halloween movies because those ones seem to work best. But there you go. We'll take a little break, Ski, and we'll be back with Will's Misery. That sounded really depressing. Good stuff. Good stuff. Is this, um, is this the first appearance of uh, What's-Her-Face? Yes. I believe so. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Actually, okay. it might be. It might not be. Okay. I think it is, but I have a feeling we've seen her as like another character before. Right. Okay. She was another character before. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't in your trivia? I don't know. I wrote this like a month ago. <laughs> so. No, it says here, first appearance of Nia Long. Is it? Okay. Maybe Wait a minute. No, 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 no. Long previously appeared. Excuse me. First appearance of Nia Long as Lisa Wilkes. Long previously appeared as a different character in season oh, there two, you go. episode yeah, yeah. eight. She ain't heavy. That's yeah, so what I was right. So there you go. Right, right.
All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. We're going to go, 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 <laughs> catch on to uh, episode six called Will's Misery. This was in, uh, this aired October 17th, 1994. And uh, yeah, we start at the Banks living room where Viv and Phil have these crazy, like, elaborate paintings all over the place. Will comes in saying, oh, it's a swap meet. <laughs> that popped me right away like an idiot. Uh, Phil disses him and he's like, seriously, like, oh, it's Mr. Culture. And uh, Will, yeah. Will's like mocking some of the paintings. Um, there's one where there's like this very skinny man, like with his chest puffed out. And Will's like, oh, this guy's asking for some fries or whatever. <laughs> it's, like, yeah. it's, it's ridiculous. Phil eventually calls him a jackass, um, which that is the word he says. That was way more accepting back then than now. I don't um, think jackass is a bad word, though, is it? I mean, it means donkey, but it's just very, like, unflattering, right? Like, it's, I don't know. I don't think just any show would air jackass. I I think jackass can, uh, I think it also depends on the tone, right? Because, but that's with any word, right? Yeah, but I mean, but yeah. there's movies that are literally called jackass. So it's like, I, oh, definitely. I don't know. It's up in the air. It depends. You, I guess if you're a parent. And you don't want your kid to listen to that is probably when it's like, okay, that's not good. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's up to you. An electric noise starts happening like a uh, Phil tells them it's Jeffrey using his electric shoe buffer. Will's like, oh, the one with all the frayed wires? And Phil says, hey, it's an original. They don't make them like that anymore. This ridiculous explosion happens upstairs and Jeffrey comes literally like flying, crashing down the stairs. Dude, what the <laughs> fuck was this? It's a it's a it, dummy, but like it looks ridiculous. Like it's not even they don't even try to hide it that it's a dummy. Literally someone threw a fucking <laughs> rag doll down the but stairs. It was perfect because the fucking doll starts coming down head first <laughs> and then it actually hits the railing, does like a 360 and lands on the ground like so cartoonish that yeah. it pops the entire crowd. Jeffrey should be dead. And then and then Jeffrey, who I guess he had been like laying down behind the couch, like yeah. the actor, right? He kind of gets up like out of all this dust. So ridiculous. He would have been dead. Yeah, that's like death right there. <laughs> no one would survive that. Um, so he gets up, brushes himself off, and uh, Will looks at Phil. He's like, I call this one workman's compensation. <laughs> right. And we go into the intro. What do you think of this ridiculous ass opening? It's wacky. It's wacky. I don't know what they meant by the whole like frayed cables or whatever, but I guess that was the setup to the the electric shock thing. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I'd never seen this episode before, so I had no idea what we were in for. Oh, really? Damn, this is like definitely one of the ones that once I knew, once I read the... um. The, the, synopsis. the synopsis i was like oh it's that one like i i don't know this is one that really sticks out in my head yeah yeah at the peacock it's pledge week will's favorite uh wait sorry will's favorite cause of all the honeys <laughs> yeah okay this is where will meets lisa uh he gives her a crappy pickup line she says it's not a good idea because she's pledging kappa and the sisters need to stick together and the kappa uh sorority are against like men like who dehumanize women and stuff so they have this whole like you know f guys thing and who's the leader it's carlton <laughs> Carl yeah carlton's in the middle of all the women i love the reveal because carlton's just kind of sitting there at the table <laughs> yeah it's like, yeah that's right will it's like what <laughs> um will tries to tell them how much of a gentleman he is but the group of girls start finishing the sentences for him 
Uh, they then say, let's say goodbye in his native tongue. And they start barking at him like a dog. Will gives Carlton some shit, saying he turned down his own blood, uh, just trying to get in there. And Carlton says, your problem is you don't know how to treat women because you're not in touch with your feminine side. Then Will with this banger, your your problem is you're not in touch with anyone's feminine side. Yeah, <laughs> that was good. That <laughs> and he was walks good. away. That's a good line right there. Um, back at home, Hillary goes to Phil saying, uh, man, Hillary, was Hillary in your episode? I don't think so. No. Damn, Hillary took a break. Uh, she goes to Phil saying she bought him, she bought him something. She bought something to someone that she really loves and feels like, I hope you, I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she, it, she pulls it out. It's this insane, like aqua blue fluffy, like sweater called the Mirachi handmade in Milan. Phil puts it on. Hillary loves it and says she's going to go buy the matching hat. Uh, Jeffrey comes down with his arm in a cast. He asks Phil, uh, do I wash that or take a weed whacker to it? Uh, Carlton and Will walk in. Will says, yo, let's get a bat and bust this pinata. Carlton is about to tell Phil about Will's failed attempt to, uh, pick, at picking up Lisa when Jeffrey brings Will the phone saying, oh, it's a Lisa Wilkes. Phil tells Carlton it's all about confidence. Yeah. I have no idea where this episode is going up until now. Yeah, it's kind of like all over the place. Like, okay, Will failed at picking up a girl. Um, yeah and like pre-credits pre-credits was kind of wacky that was like i thought we were getting like a jeffrey episode but no yeah right because you think like now this whole episode might be jeffrey searching for money or something from the banks which would have been a very dark turn but yeah the opening definitely did not match the or did not prepare us for what the episode actually would be so yeah uh, next scene, we're at a drive-in theater. Will and Lisa are making out in the car. A dude opens... This is so random. A dude opened up Will's door and tries to sit down on Will. And Will's like pushing him away. Like, yo, get out of here. He calls him Barney. And the dude, <laughs> the dude's like, where's Helen at? And Will's like, probably at the chiropractor. <laughs> yeah. So the whole thing was this guy thought, I guess, I guess he thought it was his car. So he tried to get in while Will was sitting there and whatever that happened. But it's just kind of ridiculous. Um, Lisa tells Will she's having an amazing time, but the problem is that she really wants to get into Kappa, but if she's seen with him, she won't get in. Um, but Lisa also tells him about a cabin that she can go to, that they can both go to, uh, tomorrow to have some alone time. Right. So, yeah, you know where this is going. Next scene, Hillary gives Phil the matching hat. Vivian says, oh, I think it's cute. Hillary says, really? I'm going to go buy you a matching one right now at the golf store. Vivian says, but I quit playing golf. <laughs> and uh, right at that moment, a golf ball lands in their backyard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ashley's like, oh, you could have at least yelled four. Jeffrey grabs the ball. He puts it in a basket of other golf balls. And at first you're like, what the hell is this? But then Phil explains like, oh, when they redid the golf course, I thought the, the, it would raise the property value. But really, it's just dangerous to be out in the backyard now. Oh, my God. That would be ridiculous. I, my God. I was at a... Uh, golf tournament maybe like three four years ago for work just like a friendly tournament mm-hmm. but when we were going to one of the holes um somebody yelled four and uh you know you're supposed to look up and uh you know just just look out right yeah and somebody legit got cracked in the head with a fucking golf ball oh shit no yeah. way 
And you don't think like, or maybe you do think because, you know, you, you can understand the way gravity works, but like something that small, but that high up in the air falling on you, it fucked this guy up. Yeah. Like it bonked him and he just dropped. And dude, I'm not a bad person, but I, I, I'm just laughing at like <laughs> just how funny it looked. Like yeah, this thing just it. went like, bang, and the guy just went, like the guy just <laughs> dropped like a yeah. bit, like a full ass human man. You know what I mean? Just dropped. So it was one of those like, oh my God, is he okay? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> first you do like the one second gimmick where you just laugh. I, just, I get like, it. Yeah, it I get it. And like, okay, let's go see if this motherfucker is okay. Anyway, he was, he was okay. But yeah, so all this time watching TV shows and things like that or watching, I don't know what four was, right? But you're supposed to yell four yeah. when like, because you're supposed to keep the ball on the course. But if you straight left or right, you're supposed to say four to warn motherfuckers that like there's an incoming, right. you know what I mean? Projecta. Ball ready to fuck up their day. I have a similar stupid story. Yeah, tell me. But, but this is not something I'm proud of, but I'll tell it. Uh, I was at work and we were like on the 30th floor looking down and one of our guys was working on like the second floor. And... Yeah. <laughs> So I was eating an orange. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I wonder if I was with someone else, and I'm like, I wonder if like I could hit him with an orange peel, right? No <laughs> so, way. So I'm like, oh. yeah. Think I'm I'm 28 floors uh, on top of this guy. Like it's very unlikely this that you're gonna hit the guy at all. Like no matter how hard you try. Anyways, we were getting so close, and he wasn't really noticing. So then I had three slices of orange or a tangerine left. And I was like, I wonder if it needs to be heavier. So I like, I threw it down and I got him in the back. <laughs> so I was like, oh my God, I actually hit him. So we, I looked over the balcony to see if he was okay. And he, he was fine. I didn't want him to like fall or anything. But he, I'm like, holy crap. Like, I can't believe we hit him. So then after he comes up at the end of the day and he's like, yeah, this Someone hit me with an orange, and I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't hold it in, and I started dying. And he's just like, "It was you, dude." His back was all red from an or like three little tangerine yeah, slices. Yeah. But that just goes to show, like from heights like that, like the little stupid thing can really mess someone up. You know, in Toronto we have the CN Tower, and uh, I read somewhere that like, if you were to drop a penny off the top of the CN Tower. Like you can fucking kill somebody. Like if it were to land on them on on the on the ground floor, right? Yeah, I've heard of this too. Um, so yeah, man, it's wild. <clears throat> oh yeah. Okay. Speaking of people getting hit in the head with a golf ball, Jeffrey ends up getting hit in the head with a golf ball, and he pass, yeah. he passes out. Uh, at the cabin, we cut to the cabin. Will and Lisa are roasting marshmallows on the fireplace. Lisa says that he's so romantic and doesn't understand why he has a bad reputation. Will bites the hot marshmallow. Lisa says, let's dance. They start. Lisa loves the song. Will says, oh, you know, you deserve, you deserve something way better than this. I could write something way better. And she goes to stop the music and says, okay, let's hear it. And Will's like, well, I'm not good at thinking on my feet. Uh, he then does this ridiculous cartwheel and lands on the bed and tries his luck. Tells her yeah. to get on. Um... She says, not yet. Let's play cops and robbers. We're going to play cops and robbers. All in the girl now, make it more better now. <laughs> I'm going to be the cop. And you're going to be the nasty old robber. 
Just call me public enemy number one. one, one. <laughs> so how do you like the game so far? Hey, beat the hell out of playing Stratego with Carlton. <laughs> Ow! That got tight. Oh, I mean, uh, I know my rights. I think I'm entitled to one frisk. Shut up! <laughs> I thought you were good. But you're not good. You've caused so much pain to so many women. You're just a dirty dog. And now it's payback time. Baby, you kind of killing the mood. So he thinks it's like some kind of frisky, you know. Yeah, like a kinky game kink, they're going to play. Kinky game before some sex. And, you know, he sits on the damn chair. And uh, she starts tying him up. And... Uh, you know, she ends up having an ulterior motive. <laughs> she, yeah. she literally ties him up and leaves him there. And yeah. uh, she starts talking and she's like, I thought you were good, but you disrespected so many women. Will yeah. asks if she's a psycho. She says, do you know how tired I am hearing that? <laughs> she leaves the cabin with Will tied up. Will's doing these ridiculous dog noises and yeah. he looks at the camera and does another one and we cut to commercial. What do you think of all this? You know, just Nia Long is one of the first girls with short hair that I that I remember liking. Like she's really cute, you oh, know. Yeah, she's a big because as a kid, as a kid, I just you know you just used to seeing girls with the long hair. It was kind of like the norm. When you saw a girl with short hair, I'd be like, oh, that's that's different. That's you know different, what I mean? Yeah. And when you're a little kid, you're just not used to that. And so, but she was one of the first ones that uh, that I saw as a, as a as a young. Boy, I wasn't that young. I wasn't like six years old or anything like that, but I was like maybe 10, 11 years old. I'm like, she's really cute. Really pretty woman, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I did like this scene. I, I feel like we've also used this cabin before. I think we've seen the cabin at some point. Maybe. But me not having ever seen this episode, I don't know where the fuck it was going. But once she has Will sitting on that chair, I'm like, oh, shit. Like, you can <laughs> see it. At that point, I could see it coming. Yeah. After the break, we see Will trying to break free. He grabs the phone with his mouth, places it on the table, dials numbers with a pen in his mouth. He calls the house, and Nikki picks up. Uh, Will asks to speak to an adult, and Nikki's he gives it to Carlton. Will's like, "No, no, I tried. I said an adult." <laughs> I like that. That was kind of cute. It was. Uh, Will says he's tied to a chair in the cabin. Carlton cuts him off and says, "Stop bragging, you pervert." <laughs> <laughs> this was all really good. It was. Yeah, he hangs up. Right? And Ashley, <laughs> Ashley overhears yeah, yeah. this, and Carlton tells her what's going on. And he's like, oh, no, we're playing a trick on Will at the cabin. She's like, what trick? And he's like, oh, they're going to torture him. <laughs> it's like, what? So yeah. she just kind of looks like, okay. Uh, we cut back to the cabin. Lisa comes back. She sees what Will's been doing with the phone. She grabs the phone, chucks it across the room. She then applies lipstick all over her face, saying she wants to look pretty. But it, like, it's like ridiculous. Like she's... It's all yeah, over what was her that all about? I think she's just like embracing. She does the, fact the Heath that, Ledger um, like fucking all over her face. Yeah, I think it's just he called her a psycho, so she's embracing the fact that he called her a psycho with that. Um, I was so confused. I, I, that's how I took it as because I know Nia Long. Spoiler alert: ends up dating Will. Yeah. So I'm like, what is going to happen? How do they turn it around? Yeah, and we find out. We do. It looks crazy. Psychotic. Will tries to get out by saying there's a nice dress that matches her lipstick. <laughs> and if yeah. she unties him, they can go and get it. Lisa says she's not a fool and starts walking out the door. Will asks where she's going and she's like, oh, to get the dress. 
Uh, so she leaves. Will then sees a candle burning, and he finally has this idea to, because uh, he has ropes on him. He he uses the candle to burn the ropes off, right? Yeah. So while he does that, we go back to the bank's house. We see Phil. He's making a sandwich, and on purpose he sprays. <laughs> of course he is. Yeah, of course he is. And on purpose he sprays mustard on himself, uh, on on the new sweater. Yeah, why did he do that? Oh, because then the sweater would have got ruined, and he would have had to throw it out. Oh, okay. I thought that's, I thought that's what it was. But yeah, was that's like, what, what it was. It's never really said, but that's their their motive. Okay, okay. Because uh, Vivian then comes in questioning, it, and then he's like, "Oh, I'm doing this," and then he sprays her too. <laughs> so, right. So right. Um, they hate the sweaters. They don't have the heart to tell Hillary. So they they find a way to like get them to be thrown out. That's kind of what's what the gist is. Sure. Um, Ashley sees this, says they need something more. That's not gonna work. Uh, and at that moment, a damn golf ball crashes through their window. And it's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> what the fuck is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar doing in this episode? He's doing some golfing. Um, what the hell? This is, okay. I will say this. <laughs> the the celebrity appearances, they're like, we've seen them like tone it down. Like season one, season two were like crazy, right? Yeah, definitely. And then they would bring them in every now and then, right? Um but to see Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, he was the first one that I'm like, what? <laughs> like, such an odd fit, in my opinion. Yeah. But the fact that he's just going for a golf, like a golf game or whatever, I mean, I get it. Okay. <laughs> Why not? It's Bel Air. Um, so he's outside, and he apologizes for it. It was him that crashed the window. And, uh, yo, he's wearing the same sweater as as Phil and Vivian, and he says, oh, you guys got great taste, right? <laughs> Yeah. So after he leaves, Phil and Vivian look at the sweaters in a different light. They're like, oh, let's go get the stains out. So now they're cool. Like, now the sweaters are dope, you know? <laughs> Kareem's yeah. got one. We got to save these sweaters. To be fair, it happens to all of us, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you might have, like, a T-shirt or a pair of shoes that you don't like to rock that often or whatever, right? And then all it takes is, like, you see some stranger wearing it or... You see it on TV and it looks so good. You're like, you know what? I kind of like that look. I'm going to go back and embrace it, you know? It's true, yeah. Like, I'll, I, for Here's an example. As a kid, I hated uh, jean jackets. I, oh, wow. I didn't, why? I don't know why. They look too preppy. Like Maybe it's because like my parents would have me like in all jean, like jean pants, jean jacket. Like, it's like, oh, the shit. Canadian tuxedo. The, yeah. But it's like... I hated that look as a kid. I was like, fuck, I hate jean jackets. But my when I got older, now I love jean jackets. But what I understood yeah. was I just don't like wearing jean jackets with jean pants at the same time. Like, that's tremendous. Right? So I, I flipped on that. But like that's just one of the many things where it's like, I, I, as an adult, I look back at what my parents would try to put me in or whatever. I'm like, oh, that was actually cool. But it needs, yeah. like, it needs like my own twist to it. <laughs> yeah. The one for me recently is uh, my usage of a fanny pack. I've it's noticed a, this. I've noticed. Dude, it's something that uh, in the 90s was huge. Like, I think I might have, I don't know if I've ever sent you this, but I told you, like, you should follow this account. And it's literally called, like, Wrestling Fanny Packs. And it's just, like, pictures oh, wow. of pro wrestlers wearing fanny packs. No, and I've never heard of this. I started wearing a fan. I bought a fanny pack, like, maybe two years ago, right? Right. And I, But I was a little shy about it. Like, ah, I don't want to wear it, you know, because it's, like, it's like a big... Not a big deal, but it's it's like it's very noticeable. Like it everybody, out. it definitely everybody notices out. it right. The away. last time I saw you, you were wearing it, and that was the first thing I noticed. I was like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah. a fanny pack." Oh, there's a bulge there. What, what, yeah. what is he? What does he got there? It's not right? what I think it is, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. It's filled with weed. <laughs> no, <laughs> but, no, only a little portion of, of weed is in there. But um, 
So the reason, so I had it, and then I, I, I wore it a couple times, like a couple years ago. I'm like, this looks so stupid, and I just like stop wearing it. But I'm like, you know what? I'll wear it at some point. Blah blah. blah. Yeah. And then uh, when I had Zoe and Zena, I'm like, I have an idea to create a hands-free walking experience. I opened the the fanny pack and I put both of their uh, flexi leashes through the hoop, like you know the hoop for the hand. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So they're both hooked on. And uh, you didn't have to hold it. Now, I, now I'm hands free. Like I'm walking, yeah. and in my fanny pack is like my cell phone, right? Earphones, poop bags, and everything I need for my for my dog walk. And I was like, holy shit, this is great. Yeah. And uh, I mostly kept it for the dogs. And then when Zoe passed away in July, I still use the fanny pack for Zena because I just like. It's nice to know that everything is there. Like no yeah. matter what, it's all there. Because I'm one of these guys. Like. Phone, keys, wallet. Although I try to keep everything in the same pocket. So like left pocket's always keys with wallet. Right pocket is always cell phone, right? That's where I always keep it. And I try to stick to that system because it's always like, oh, fuck, it's in my back pocket or whatever. Right? That's how you lose shit. Yeah. But anyway, with the fanny pack, I was like, okay, whatever. And then uh, I just started wearing it. Even like sometimes when I'm not walking my dog, I'm like, oh, fuck it. I'm wearing the fanny pack. I'm just going to keep it on. And... Uh, it's it's just a great all in one. Like you know, all your shit is in there. I I know all the pockets by heart. I can grab things without even looking down. Like it's a purse. I can just feel the pocket. It's, it's like a, purse. a purse. It's a purse for guys. It's a purse. Yeah, yeah, and it's great. It's a fucking great purse. Um, but yeah, same thing though. You have to build up not so much like the courage to wear because I don't think you need courage for it, but the opposite. I think you have to build enough of the I don't give a. What anybody thinks yeah. about me wearing the the fanny pack, right? And then once you do that, then you're free to do to wear the uh, the fanny pack ski. Now to uh, put a little bow on it, have you turned on? Have you baby faced on the denim jackets? You like denim jackets? I now, got right? so many now. You got yeah, you got a lot. <laughs> I I actually am looking for uh, the ones that have like the white fur inside. Like I, I've recently taken a liking to that one. Now, oh, they're so nice. Like, oh shit! Like oh, no. go to. Uh, <laughs> Oh no, it's a, it's not Jean. It's not Jean. I saw one. Uh, I was I was walking through the mall today, and I saw a jacket at H and M. Yeah, yeah. But you can get them anywhere. But it's just kind of like a, those kind of jackets they're, are. They're becoming more popular now. Like yeah. Also, that kind of like khaki, like rawhide kind of material with the wool neck. That's kind of coming back too. I now. have I'm one seeing, of those. Yeah. I'm seeing a lot of those now. Like even. It looks like you'd wear it's like a construction site, but it's it's you can wear it out now. Like, it's interesting to see. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and clothes, it's I love clothes, but I have this hard time of throwing things out. So if I buy new clothes, my closet just stacks and I end up wearing the same shit I always wear anyway. Cause yeah. I have like you have like your go-tos, right? So yeah. it's like I have things in there that like I'd I'd wear, but like for whatever reason just never draw me to when I open the closet. I need to get in there one day and just throw out stuff I haven't worn. Like I got shirts from soccer when me and you were in that soccer team like i got like all those shirts that i'm like that's tremendous i'm never yeah. gonna use again i'm like i should just throw them up but yeah that's yeah, funny anyways where the hell was i okay so back at the cabin we see that will is finally free burned pants and all his he sh- burned his shoes off his pants have holes he looks ridiculous they really used like money this episode like his pants and shoes are like smoking yeah 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 um will asks uh lisa for the keys and she starts saying that she'll never get in uh she'll never get into cap and now 
and that this was all a prank from the sorority girls and it was carlton's master plan so this was carlton's fucking plan which is crazy will says i'm gonna pop that little zit when i get home will takes the keys and starts walking away when lisa starts crying he asks what's up and she's like you don't care will says damn right i don't care no but for real what are you crying about Lisa says she really wanted to be a Kappa. Will says, oh, and if I don't go through with this, you can you can kiss it goodbye, huh? Oh, well. And he starts walking away. Lisa says, I deserve that. I want you to know this was the best date I've ever had. And, uh, you know, before I tied you up. And Will says, for real? Uh, and then we get a quick flash to the future to a scene where Will is tied up from the ceiling. Which is interesting because you could see, like the hole for the harness like there's a specific way his jacket's being pulled that i'm like okay that's a harness (laughs) yeah 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 um he's tied from the ceiling and all the sorority girls are watching this will apologizes which gets uh he apologizes to them for being like a dog and then lisa gets into the group because because of that and then uh they leave will tied up and lisa gives him a wink and she leaves so it all worked out that's cute (laughs) i'm so sorry My sisters, welcome the newest member of Kappa Phi Gamma, Lisa Wilkes. All right. Hey, wait, 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 whoa, whoa, hold up. What, what, y'all, y'all just gonna leave me hanging up here like a piece of rotisserie gold, huh? <laughs> At the Banks house, Carlton... Okay, this... I, I, this was... One of the reasons why this this episode is legendary and why I remember it. At the Banks house, Carlton asks Will if he had a rough weekend, knowing damn well what he did. And Will starts telling him about the experience. Carlton acts stupid and says, no, no way. Then Will says, oh, but then I grabbed this rock. And then he implies that he kills her. And he's like, <laughs> she's still there. And he starts crying. And then Carlton freaks out. He's like, yeah, oh, because now he God. thinks he's like an accessory to murder, <laughs> yeah. right? He's like, it wasn't supposed to go down like yeah. this. So he starts freaking out. He runs out the door. And then Will kind of fourth wall breaks and says, gotcha, to the camera. Oh, totally fourth wall breaking. In my head, canonically, this is where the episode ends, is the minute he says, gotcha, right? But the cameras keep rolling. Carlton comes in. Carlton, Carlton comes in from the other side and he's running, yelling, and then he does this thing where he like gets on his knees and crawls with his hands like on the tiles and yeah. it like pushes him through the, the scene. And then he he eventually like gets to the studio audience. He's freaking out in front of everybody. Everybody's laughing. He goes to the peacock, the elevator opens, he's freaking out. The people on set there are laughing. Uh he goes to the cabin at one point and then he meets he meets uh Will on set oh bless you excuse me he meets will like uh he ends up back with will and gives him a big hug but you could see the cameras are panned you could see the set and you could see the studio audience so this is like just just all for good fun and my favorite part is uh you could see james avery just watching like laughing as they like hug and fall to the floor this was just crazy they didn't have to do that but apparently that was alfonso rivero's call he wanted to do no way so (laughs) there you go the end That's fucking wacky. Alfonso Ribeiro, really funny with the uh, physical comedy, just running around like a madman. I thought that was really, really good. For sure. Um, and I love the um, when Will is hanging from the ceiling, the reveal is great because they do the scene where Will's talking to uh, Nia Long 
And it's kind of like they figure it out. She's apologized. He's apologized. And it's like, well, how are we going to fix this kind of thing? And the scene does one of those like twirly things, where, like yeah, like yeah. it flips over, right. and all the it goes to all the girls are standing by the doorway, and uh, they're just looking at something, but you don't see what. And the camera pulls out, and Will's fucking hanging by the ceiling. There, it's just like a really good reveal, really really funny. Yeah, but uh, you're right; it does feel like when Will says "Gotcha," ah, <laughs> yeah. that does feel like it's the end of the episode. But there's a little goody, as I like to say. Something a little sweet before bed, you know, a little candy on the pillow, right? Before <laughs> a breath mint. But that was that was good. I liked it. Oh my god, she's still up there. <laughs> oh my god, you have to get away. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Final thoughts, uh, trivia facts, and goofs. Oh, I forgot to mention this. This is the second episode where Jazz doesn't share scenes with Will, the first being Boys in the Woods. Jazz is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's caddy boy. Right, that's correct. But I didn't know it at the time. It didn't look like Jazz because I'm so used to Jazz with the dark shades. And he's wearing a hat, so it's like... But it sounded like him. But I was like, is that Jazz? I don't know. But yeah, that is Jazz. Okay, I had the exact same thought. I'm like... Are they using like a body double just for this one episode? Because maybe they couldn't get Jazzy Jeff to do it. Yeah. Maybe he's unavailable or something. But no, you confirmed it. It is Jazzy Jeff. It's Jazzy Jeff. Yeah. Okay. That's wow. just crazy. He did look different. He did look different. He did. Uh, the title of this episode could be a reference to the Stephen King story, Misery, based on the fact that in both that story and this episode, a male, uh, Will in this episode, Paul in Misery, is kidnapped and tied to a chair by a woman. Lisa in this episode, Annie in Misery, in a remote cabin. The only differences present are that Will never had Lisa break his legs. Jesus. Will has never. Uh, Will was never a famous writer, and Lisa was not a nurse who found Will unconscious during a blizzard before taking him to the remote cabin. Have you ever seen uh, Misery? No, I haven't. Me neither. The infamous final fourth wall-breaking scene was completely improvised by Alfonso Ribeiro. Ribeiro asked Shelly Jensen to keep the cameras on him after Carlton's first freakout, saying he was going to do something fun. Was very surprised when the producers decided to keep it in the episode. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, Nia Long, who plays Lisa, uh, appeared with Will Smith in uh, Made in America in 1993. The first appearance of Nia Long as Lisa Wilkes. Long previously appeared as a different character in Season 2, Episode 8, She Ain't Heavy. I believe that's the one with Queen Latifah and Will is at the party with Nia Long and Queen Latifah's at the party with some other guy and Will wants to be with Queen Latifah and vice versa, but she didn't want he didn't want to do it publicly because she was a bigger woman or whatever. So Nia Long's character was the one that just talked Will's ear off. Like, oh, and then I did this and then we oh, right, right, that, right, that right, was yeah. the one. So that's where where she's from, yeah. 
Um, oh, Queen Latifah. Nia Long, man, she's got a big history. She's still acting to this day. She's got a lot of projects, uh, or one project called You People, uh, coming out in 2023. But I first laid eyes on her when I watched Boys in the Hood. She played Brandy, which was uh, Cuba Gooding Jr.'s uh, girlfriend um, in Boys in the Hood in 1991. And then she went on to do Friday. She yeah. Played, she played Debbie. And then she went on to do the... Um, so after Friday, she was in this. So this came after Friday. And then, or no, sorry. Friday came out in 95. This this episode was in 94. But her first appearance was in 90, uh, was was previously to this. So it would have came out before. And then she was in the Dr. Dre video, Keep Their Heads Ringing. And uh, and then after that, she did the more Ice Cube movies. She did Are We There Yet? And uh, Are We Done Yet? Which he plays Ice Cube's wife. So she's done like four projects with Ice Cube, which is pretty insane. Um, wow, yeah, yeah, she's just steady working. If you ever look at her IMDb, she's done a bunch of shows. Um, the Goldbergs, she was on Empire, which is a show that I've been meaning to check out. I hear, I hear good things. Um, so yeah, this woman's still working, and I think that she's easily one of the most recognizable people in the industry from that era to me. Like, I just you know, I hear Nia Long and I think of those golden, golden era days of uh, you know, black excellence and movies. She's in one of my favorite movies, and that's uh, Boiler Room. Oh, um, yeah, I haven't seen that one yet, but I she, want to. Uh, oh, it's awesome. I love that movie. I was actually going to watch it tonight. Um, I might still watch it. I don't know. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, she's in there. She's uh, Seth Davis's uh, girlfriend. So uh, uh-huh. Seth Davis is played by uh, Giovanni Rabisi, and uh, she's in that one. It's Christ, all the same. What's the same? Oh my God, you scared me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wait, how long have you been standing there? Oh, I just walked up. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to scare you. No, no, that's all right. Interesting reading. This? No, this is just the uh, the prospectus from the from the last IPO to bump it up. I know what it is. I was just asking you if you thought it was interesting. You know, you might be the first person to ever read a JT prospectus. Really? Yeah. So what are you looking for? I'm just looking for some chocolate love. <laughs> you know, would you like me to practice my pitch? Because I know it turns you on. Oh, God. She's, um... She's pretty much always kept her hair short, right? Uh, I mean, in the in the two uh, thousands, she did. She had long hair, like in the Ice Cube um, "Are We There Yet?" movies. She had long hair, right? I don't know about now. Did, did she come back for uh, Friday Three? No, she was only in the first one. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. That's the only one. It makes sense because Friday Two and Three, they like leave the hood. Ice Cube leaves and he lives with his uncle or whatever. <laughs> right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's awesome. That's Nia cool. Long. But I, I will say, when I think of Nia Long, I do think of her with her short hair. Like, that's just her look. Yeah, me, right? that's the that's the legendary appearance, the look, yeah. yeah. Um, when Lisa leaves Will tied to a chair, he breaks the fourth wall and goes, uh-huh. A tribute to Tim Allen's catchphrase from Home Improvement in 1991. Oh, yes. <laughs> that was a popular one, man. That sound effect. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was so good. Did you ever watch Home Improvement at all? Ah, uh, man, a couple episodes, but never. It's before to your time. It. You weren't it even born was. yet. Yeah, no. yeah. It's a good right, show. Man. Give us some zingers. Yeah. Uh, see where Phil says. Uh, let's 
let's take a look here. Where Phil's talking to Carlton about uh, what it takes. And he goes, uh, it's confidence, son. Women love a confident man. Take me, for instance. Why, back in the day, I'd slip on the old dashiki, puff up the old fro, find a foxy mama and say, hey, baby, let's get it on. <laughs> Carlton's like, and they bought that? And Philip's like, actually, your mother was the only one. Because <laughs> like we do find out that Phil was this giant, just hippie, right? Eventually, yeah. after he moved out of the farm. Uh, and the other one is um, when Will is tied up and Lisa's making her way back in, almost like the Wicked Witch of the West when she comes flying back in. She goes, uh, oh, so Mr. Dirty Dog is trying to make a phone call, is he? This is when Will's trying to ask for help. <laughs> and Will's like, oh, yeah, so you mean to tell me for five extra dollars I could get HBO? And at this point, Lisa just throws the phone on the floor. Okay, basic cable it is. So he's trying to play it off like he's not being helped, even though Lisa can kind of read the play. But... Uh, those are the two that kind of uh, resonated with me. Not a lot of like really hot lines or any like ha-has, but uh, no. structurally it was a decent episode. Um, but yeah, dude, little baby Nikki, all he did was the phone call part. Yeah, that's it. That was it. He wasn't Pay the man. episode. So. Yeah. Damn. And now that we're in season five, like this is like uh, this is like the young Ashley's like final form. Like she's just like a teenage kid. You know what I mean? Like a yeah. full grown adult. Which is just crazy because it's not so long ago you're watching like season one and, you know, bang the drum, Ashley. But that's the amazing part about uh, following a show like this is seeing not only the evolution of the characters, but literally watching them grow up on the screen. is pretty, uh, oh, yeah. pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, man. Give me your final thoughts and your rating. I, I didn't think there was anything offensive with this episode. I liked it. There were some good parts. Um, structurally, it was fine. I liked everybody in here. Nia Long was funny. And again, it was one of those like fraternity sort of frat sister, frat brothers kind of episodes. Kind of like the one where uh, where Carlton ends up in the uh, birdcage. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. kind of like the, the high school episode, college episode. I don't have any issues with it, but it didn't blow me away. Um, but having said that, nothing offended me. I thought it was I thought it was good. I, I like the uh, the effects of having Will's like shoes and pants all ripped up and on smoking and on fire. I thought that was really funny. But uh, aside from that, I, th- I thought it was mostly a pretty safe sort of by the numbers episode. Although it does establish the Neil Long character, so we will be seeing more of her. I'm gonna give this one a seven out of ten. Pack seven out of ten. Very nice. I'll meet you there. Seven out of ten. Um, yeah, the, the episode wasn't super funny. Like, it was funny, but again, it's more of the physical humor type of funny with, like, Will's antics in the cabin. Um, that ending scene, though, with Carlton just running across everything was a, tremendous. Um, so that's really good. But yeah, nothing bad about this episode at all. I think everyone, you know, had enough to, to do. Everyone, you know, collected their paychecks. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, like, Jeffrey got thrown down the floor as a dummy, and that was it for him. Um, yeah. yeah. Jazzy Jeff showed up as a caddy. Yeah, and you didn't even know it. Like it's it's fine. Like it's it's serviceable. Um, you definitely watch it for the cabin scene and uh, maybe the post credit scene. That's it. So seven out of yeah, ten. Yeah, not a bad memorable. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. That's it. It's good stuff. Good stuff. Very good. Yeah, I would say uh, two wacky episodes. With one of them, I don't know if we'll ever reference it again. But with the one that you covered, I think uh, it at least establishes the Lisa character. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's see what we are going to be reviewing next week. Let me just see into the crystal ball. 
Got another fancy website on IMDb. <laughs> All right, next week. So that was Will's Misery. All right, next week, I'm going to review Father Knows Best, and that's the one where Ashley decides she doesn't want to go to private school, so she enrolls in a public school to find out what it's like in the real world. Oh. So we're going to focus on Ashley in that one. And Ryan's going to review Soul Train with six or seven O's in that title. Philip and Vivian once were on the Soul Train and are invited again for a special show. Vivian is very enthusiastic about it. Philip, however, doesn't want to go. See, that is one. That is the, the new Aunt Viv. That is the one episode that I would say is iconic to her. Like I, I know that one very well. That's the coming out party. Yeah, definitely. For Aunt Viv. No, that's cool. I'm, uh, I'm excited to watch both of them. On the outside looking in, I, I don't think I've seen them, but uh, we'll have to double check. I'll have to, I'll have to double check that. But yeah, Soul Train and uh, an Ashley episode, which is nice. And yeah. uh, Baby Nikki, they haven't really done anything with the Nickster. No, not at all. And I don't really think they will, to be honest. Like, Yeah. I don't remember anything, really. I don't. Yeah, 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 yeah. Little Nikki. By next season, he's like seven, right? Yeah. I mean, he should be. He's like walking and talking and driving and shit. And he's and already smoking cigarettes. And talking, <laughs> <laughs> so next week, we got those two episodes. Uh, by the time you see or hear this, uh, the cafe will be up. But if you haven't checked out the cafe, go in there and check out the cafe. Um, what do we talk about in the cafe, Ryan? Uh... I have no idea. We talk uh, Sonic <laughs> Frontiers. Sonic Frontiers. We talk right. about. Um, we have some uh, really good uh, questions that came in. We talk a little bit about um, the uh, the Iron Claw movie, the Texas Tornado movie. It's coming out and some different editions that have been made there. The Gran Turismo, sorry, the Gran Turismo movie, oh, and uh, some updates as well. As well, so uh, good stuff. It's good stuff. Ryan's played a bunch of new games. And old games, and he's wrapped up some stuff, and I'm still trudging along on uh, the old Batmanski. You playing anything right now? Batman. Oh, still okay. Yeah, I made it through a couple more bosses, and dude, I connected my uh, my work computer to the uh, the PlayStation remote, and it, oh and yeah, it you works. showed me this. It's so smooth. It's so smooth. It's like I'm playing it on my computer. It's really good. That's awesome. But uh, I've been busy lately at work, so I haven't really had time to play anything. But. Uh, yeah, I did do that, and I did load up the uh, Switch today. I was going to go get in line to uh, uh, get some uh, 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 check cashed, but I ended up not needing it because I was in and out in five minutes. I just happened to show up when it wasn't busy. That's so, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anything you want to plug, Pac-Man? Pl- plug your music again. Yeah, at official underscore acapella on Instagram. You'll find all my music stuff there. Um, just released a new song called All In. Check it out, and I got a new one coming out this Friday. And that's all I could really say for now. Let's yeah, do it. That's about it. And follow uh, us. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. So, and I was just gonna say, I started playing Uncharted too. I know that's your favorite. Oh one. shit! Yeah. So, how I, far I, in are you? I just popped it in like a couple hours ago. So I played for about an hour and a bit. Um, yeah, I'm liking it, man. It starts off with a bang. So yeah, just I know that's your favorite one. So I wanted to tell you. I, Best. <laughs> It's considered it's it's considered to have one of the best like uh, opening scenes like opening scene slash I could see that tutorial <laughs> levels because it is a tutorial right it like is, it's yeah. showing you what to do but it's done so subtle that you're like 
holy shit, that game just told me the controls without even like telling me the controls. Tell you know me, what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, it's pretty cool. good. I like yeah, it. I know it's a it's a badass game. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, we'll be back with the cafe. We'll be back with another cafe shortly because there's a bunch of more stuff coming. Uh, and I'm sure we'll want to talk a little bit about the uh, video game awards that are coming up. Um, maybe we could preview them at some point. Maybe give our thoughts and uh, maybe choose some winners. Choose some that winners. might be fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but in the meantime, in the between time, my name is Chris Torres. His name, Ryan Mello. Shoot us an email, podcastfresh2020 at gmail.com. You can follow us at Facebook, Instagram, and uh, YouTube, love, at Podcast Fresh. And, of course, we are at Podcast Fresh 2020 on the old Twitter machines key. I will be uh, be on there a little more regularly now that I've caught up with stuff and I'm able to keep my uh, nose and mouth above water. So look for me on there. And uh, that's going to do it. Tune in next week. We'll be back with the next two episodes of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And we're out of here. Beautiful. Goodbye. <laughs> Who remembers? Anybody? You guys don't remember the Raymond show. You weren't even born yet. Who do you like? You remember? You, you don't. Besides me, who was your favorite character? The mother. Yeah. Marie and Frank. Yeah, I, I'm glad. You know what I like? I'm not hearing Brad Garrett. I like that. Because he, I gotta be honest about Brad Garrett. Fucking ass. sounds like the place that a woman works when she's too old for Hooters. This makes me want to cut my hair short again, but then I'm like, I don't know. 
So listen to this. Okay, please. Right after this was over, I went to start house hunting. Okay. I walk into this house. I look on the bookcase and there's like something that says boiler room. And I'm like, wait, who owns this house? And it was Giovanni's house that I ended up buying and I didn't realize it was his house. Are you kidding? Yeah, it's crazy. Vin Diesel, mm -hmm. Ben Affleck, Giovanni Ribisi, mm -hmm. Scott Kahn. This is a full-on testosterone fest. Oh, my God. And, and they were the... all trying to get at me. It was so funny because I... they all lined up to go, like, to see who could get me first. I was going to ask Vin Diesel you. got the closest, but it did never went down. Okay, so wait. But we did go have drinks and became friends. What did he say to try to get with Miss Nia Long? Nia Long. Nia Long. What's up, Nia Long? With those little eyes and that little voice, not that big, deep voice. Yeah. And he's a big man. Yes. Sweet, really smart. Really? Super smart. And drinks and nothing more? No. A little kiss, kiss, little hug, I hug? I mean, I don't kiss and tell. Oh! Podcast Fresh.